welcome to Chromosphere, the color theory podcast. My name is Ed Charbonneau. I am an artist whose main focus is on painting, and I am also an adjunct faculty member in the Fine Arts Department at the Minneapolis College of Art and Design. This podcast presents a series of conversations about color, color usage, and optics as they relate to theories of human color perception in the making of visual art and design. Welcome to today's episode, Color Theory in the Grocery Store. The impetus behind today's topic is a trip that I made last spring to the grocery store to photograph examples of the analogous split complementary color scheme used in packaging design. It had been a topic that I was exploring with a class, so I wanted to go find some real-life examples of this color scheme used. Once I got to the grocery store and started photographing this package and then the next one, I quickly realized that pretty much every single package design followed this scheme to one degree or another. And so I quickly snapped upwards of 100 photographs within... I don't know, 10 minutes. I could virtually walk up to any product on the shelf. It would follow that pattern. If not, the one right next to it would. There were a few that definitely did not. And so in relation to the episodes discussing harmony and the origins of harmony and how this analogous split complementary color scheme became defined as those colors of the design of the composition that mix to gray so the complementary colors that mix to gray and then their components so the idea is if it's a harmonious palette all the colors uh, within the composition will mix to gray the idea of how ubiquitous that has been in design at least in what I'm seeing, this particular grocery store in St. Louis Park, Minnesota. This episode is getting into a little bit about what I discovered. So thank you for listening, and here we are, Color Theory and the Grocery Store. I'm incognito pretending I'm on my phone walking through the grocery store. Well, one of the first things I notice is they've got flowers right at the beginning, right at the entrance of the store, and there was a... article in the New York Times recently about how grocery stores and like the bodegas in New York City I think it was about about how they purposely put flowers right by the front entrance connote that like if the place can keep fresh flowers alive and looking good they're uh, competent and uh, everything else is bound to be good so they're kind of setting the stage right as you walk in the door meet or exceed expectations of quality and this grocery store is kind of a nice place i hope it's right by, right by my house we've come in here for years just to give you an idea i don't know it's a pretty obscure reference but i've always thought that they modeled it after the bon marche in paris if any of you have been there even the layout and the whole the way the place is arranged and the color tones like the ceiling is painted this tan color as opposed to just white and the way the lighting it's very very similar and then a couple years ago i don't know it's been several years ago now they remodeled and they took out a restaurant at the 
south end of the store. And when they were done remodeling, that restaurant space became a pet food store with a separate entrance, and it's called the Bone Marche. <laughs> so I was like, hmm, another clue. Ah, clue. The plot thickens. I wonder if they're looking at the Bon Marche in Paris for inspiration. Oh, the cereal aisle. <laughs> this is hilarious. It's so, I don't know, it's so crazy. All of the super sugary stuff is right at kid eye level. And all the quote-unquote healthy stuff is way up top. You know, another thing I noticed, the way that color is being used to denote health often revolves around using natural tones of like tan or boxes that don't have a lot of glossy surfaces that look more natural like this Quaker Simple Simply Granola is falling into that color scheme that I described but the colors are all really low in chroma there's no bright colors on the box it's all made up of tans tan colors and and orangish brown tones and then the quaker guys is wearing blue like a, a navy blue so it's really subdued whereas the fruity pebbles right below it <laughs> is like you know super crazy and there's fred and what was his buddy's name fred and ernie so i remember too Years ago, I should have saved the envelope, but XL Energy in the Twin Cities and the Minnesota had been lobbying the state legislature to expand their nuclear waste uh, storage at Prairie Island. They have a nuclear power plant there. And right around that time, was, they switched, it was back when we were all getting bills sent in the mail, so this is maybe 10 years ago, and all of a sudden, their bill started arriving in a in a paper envelope that was unbleached cotton or whatever, um, it, like that recycled kind of brownish looking recycled material. And I thought, wow, this is such a simple thing. Like it, this one little thing says that they're environmentally conscious without having to actually say it, that they're using something that looks obviously recycled. And so like with a lot of these health foods, they're following that pattern of low chroma. The same is kind of happening with the cake, the pre-box cake things. They're all essentially following this color scheme. Some of them are on glossier papers than others. It's kind of more of a range. Like the Giardelli looks more refined. It's on a less shiny box. Okay, now I'm in the potato chip aisle. Don't even get me started on what's going on over here. Yeah, every crazy color combination, but basically all of the like Cheetos, Fritos, Doritos, Ruffles, they're all following the split complementary. So up until this point, I've identified the split complementary analogous color scheme and how that differentiates between foods that are aiming to be more healthy versus all other foods with maybe the sugary stuff, like really punching up the contrast on everything. 
Okay, I'm, I'm in the uh, soda pop aisle. Yes, I'm, yeah, I'm from Minnesota, so we call it pop. <laughs> anyway, the pop, the soda pop, soda aisle. And every package is following the split complementary rule, like down the line. Except for, well, Dr. Pepper is kind of not. It's mainly just monochromatic. And then A&W Ripier. Uh, that is not following. That's a standout. So it says A&W Ripier since 1919. And I have a theory that this split complementary color scheme really became popular after 1945. And the A&W is just orange with brown, and the brown is red. The orange is rather red itself, kind of reddish-orange. So by that logic, there should be some blue in there, but they don't have it. Whereas right next door, Sunkist, the entire backbone of that design is a blue and orange uh, combination. The year that it's referencing, so colors come in decades. And Coca-Cola is an interesting one because that's just white and, and red. Although they are using a classic design, but they have a black and red design and a Diet Coke comes in a gray field with the red and the gray and the red in this Diet Coke is very close to being the same exact value and the, the text is vibrating. The older looking designs definitely are the ones that are falling outside of the split complementary rule. So here I have like a Pillsbury pie crust box. There's two little pie crusts in there. Actually, I'm gonna get one of these. These are good. Um, I like making quiche these days. At the end of the last trip over here, I started to notice what seemed to be a pattern and the split complementary composition running fairly consistently through most of the design. Yet, started to notice logos and branding that seem to be referencing like an older pre like 1945-ish aesthetic was following a different type of pattern more more simple uh, color arrangements like maybe just black and white or like an off-white and uh, one color monochromatic uh, one color use and then also a distinction between foods that are appearing to be healthy versus other types of designs and the packaging used on these health type foods, printing on matted paper and lower contrast in color usage, uh, yet still following the split complementary analogous scheme. And I was having lunch with a friend yesterday and they were asking me if they noticed any emerging schemes that might be outside of all of that in terms of like what's happening digitally and online and is there influence coming in from creators making things on TikTok or Instagram or other kind of platforms and are expanding look at packaging design.
I'm not seeing anything that's jumping out at me as something new that I can't place within. Maybe I'm not looking close enough. Might have to think about that for a little while. So if the target audience is younger kids that are online looking for all the cool stuff, it's the packaging that is picking up on that. We have Frosted Flakes, Fruit Loops, Fruit Loops with Marshmallows, Fruit Loops Color Mix-Ups. So this is a color theory lesson in a box right here. Actually, I've, always, I've thought recently that cereal boxes are like the original iPhones or smartphones in that when we were kids, you'd pull out the bowl and the cereal and pour it in there, fill up your, your milk and start eating it, and you'd sit there and look at the box. At least that's what I would do. And this box even has like a, a game on the back, a couple of different games. Whereas now I'm eating dinner and I'm looking at my phone 45 years later and uh, it's basically the same process. Here we have the Toucan. His nose is like a rainbow uh, design of concentric bands, which is on all the other ones. And then the box itself fades. It looks like an RGB color space, like in the picker in Illustrator. It's got like a faded color going from upper, red, upper left is red, then moving to orange and yellow to the upper right, down through green and cyan and the lower right to purple and magenta, violet on the lower uh, left. So this, and then, so nothing is following anything. The darkest thing is the end of the toucan's nose is black. And his eye, yeah. And then the Fruit Loops are all multicolored as well, pairing in greens and purples and reds and yellows. So, okay, this is an example, I think, of design that is totally right out of a computer age because it doesn't fit anything that I could classify it. Not that I know everything, but every, everything else is so standardized in terms of the kind of patterns that they follow of the split complement and analogous colors. So okay, there it is. Found one example, Fruit Loops, color mix-ups. Matter of fact, I'm going to buy this. Uh oh, no, I can't buy it. All right, and of course, this box is on the lowest. It's, I had to kneel down on the floor to look at it, so it's right at like toddler level. <laughs> Let's see here, what else? Are there any other tricks also? The rabbit looks like he's bugging out. <laughs> I never noticed this about the tricks rabbit, but he's a, it's a white rabbit, but it, he is outlined in a faded, uh, like a gradation from violet through cyan to then a white color and then the inside of his eyes, his eyes look like eggs, and the outer part has this violet fade towards the center, it becomes yellow. And then he has violet eyes. And he's got a pink nose with yellow reflected light on the underside of the nose. So here even the rabbit himself is following the split complementary scheme. Well, and then it's six fruity shapes, 
and the, each letter in the word fruity is a different color. And then a bunch of different colors. So I wonder if this is another kind of example of that kind of design. Because these gradients look like the kind of gradients that you just get from Illustrator if you just hit the gradient tool and the way everything is outlined. Oh my, here's tricks with a Trolls World Tour with marshmallows combo. Yeah, this is definitely internet inspired. This is, this is not like Johannes Itten wouldn't know what to do with this box. <laughs> General Mills, they're on the leading edge of design. All right, interesting. Okay, we're moving on. Of course, I had to kneel down to look at that stuff too. It's all toddler level. Toddler to four-year-old, five-year-old. Oh, I gotta get moving. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm officially that guy on a cell phone in the grocery store. So, yeah, you can be mad at me. Well, and that'll do it for today. We have an abrupt stop to my incognito reporter at the grocery store. The descriptions just kind of stop right there, unfortunately. So, yes, the ongoing quest of mine to try to understand the origins of these ideas and how they have existed through the decades and centuries how they're being taught today, how I learned about them myself, how I'm using them in my own work as these color schemes are all around me. And it's not to say that the analogous split complementary scheme is the only kind of thing that's happening. It's not. It's very dominant. So the next time you're at the grocery store, maybe see if I'm right or wrong. Is Ed correct? Or is he reading too much into this? Like he does a lot of different things and <laughs> he's still got a lot to learn. Probably the latter. I'm guessing it's probably the latter. And if you want to take it to the next level and you're considering all these color schemes on the various packages and objects that you're buying, when you put them into the cart, arrange them aesthetically so that you're making a little sculpture and see where that takes you. Yes, I like to plan my meals around what the food looks like aesthetically in my cart. And that, that's getting into another level that is probably time. It's signaling that this podcast episode is coming, is at its end. It's at its end. All right. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please share it with your friends and family who may be interested and follow Chromosphere color theory podcast on facebook and instagram we'd love to hear from you if you have comments or suggestions i'd like to thank jeremy shapinski for writing and performing the theme music thank you also to grant winkles Susie manili and jeremy shapinski again for their production consulting and editing